Have you ever been in a fight before? Have you ever, have you ever been, uh, you know, called out by a, if you're a guy, you've ever been called out by another dude, or if you're a girl, you've ever been called out by another girl, you know, you ever, you ever gotten in a cat fight? Have you ever, you ever fought someone before? Well, I'm not getting on here trying to advocate that you get into a fight if you haven't gotten into a fight. I'm just asking a question. Um, I, I have not gotten into many fights myself. Um, I, I have been in one organized fight and I've been on the threshold of, of several others. Um, really haven't been in it in a lot of real spur of the moment kind of fights. Um, there's been a couple here and there, but really the only one that comes to mind, which there's more than this, but is, you know, when I used to go to a boy's home when I was 16, we started our own secret fight club and it wasn't very intense. We wore boxing gloves and, you know, it, it wasn't that bad, but um, you know, uh, that was the, that was the only time I've really been in a organized fight, I guess you could say. But you know, there's something about when you're, you're either faced with a fight or you, you're in a fight to know that somebody else has got your back to know that let's say the, the kid you're against is a lot bigger than you, or there's multiple people. And just to know that somebody has your back, it's a comforting thought. It's a comforting realization that you're not on your own. But, you know, there's a big difference between somebody having your back in a fight and somebody fighting for you. And, you know, there are some things that you need somebody else to fight for you because you don't stand a chance. But there are other things that you've got to face it yourself because if you don't face it and you don't, if you don't fight it yourself, it'll always be haunting you. It'll always be uh, kind of overshadowing you, you could say. Uh, And you need to have that victory. But no matter what, whether it's, somebody else fighting for you, or whether it's your own fight, no matter what, it's a blessing to know that somebody has your back. And I want to talk to you today about the two fights, our fight and God's fight. Hey there, my name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content Podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. Hey there, sunny boy. Welcome to the No Content Podcast, our sunny girl. Or Sunny D, whichever you prefer. I, you know, I, I, I've kind of graduated to to Florida's natural, but I, I remember the days of Sunny D, and they were good days. They were good days. But this is the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace, and uh, it's a good night tonight. You know, it, it is evening. It's a little little past nine, and um, whatever time of day this podcast is finding you, I, uh, I, I'm hoping it finds you in good health and in good wealth and in good stealth, and uh, any other uh, words I can find to rhyme with that. Uh, Apparently that was about it, so um, I will remember those three things if I ever make a rap uh, uh, with with any of that. But anyway, um, today I'm excited about this podcast. Um, I've kind of been in a a series, kind of, uh, Independence Day. It's July when I'm releasing this podcast, and 
kind of been in a little little bit of a, a theme, I guess not a series as much as it's been a theme, and uh, a theme of independence, of resistance, of, um, you know, taking authority. And, and we have some more podcasts lined up that are going to go along with that. But, you know, celebrating Independence Day, um, the 4th of July, when, when America became independent from England, and, you know, the 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 battle, the fight that took place in order for that to happen. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, all the all the founding fathers and all that, they're all a bunch of racists and, you know, they, they were no better than the people they were fighting. Well, I, I'm not going to argue with you about the racism part there. I will say this, if they hadn't done what they did, we wouldn't be where we are now. And we're a whole lot better off than if they had never become independent from England. So uh, I'm not justifying anything that they did that was wrong, um, but I will say this, it was a step in the right direction. So let's, uh, let's count our blessings, shall we? We live in a country uh, where we are free. <laughs> Compared to other countries, um, uh, America, you know, we are free. And um, I'm thankful for that. I'm not saying everything's perfect. I'm not saying there doesn't need to be any changes made. Um, but uh, man is progressive. And um, I'm not discounting anything or justifying anything with that. I'm just saying that um, I am not ashamed to celebrate Independence Day. And uh, I'm not ashamed to do podcasts about Independence Day. And I'm thankful for the lessons we learn from the Bible, from the Word of God, about what it means to be free, to be liberated, to be independent. And uh, for all men, um, and for everybody. And so anyway, all that to say, that's the kind of series I've been in, what I've kind of been talking about. And today I want to talk about uh, the two fights, the two fights. And I'm going to get into a little bit more of what I mean by that. And uh, it's going to be fun. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 11, it says this, But you, if, you, if you'd like to say that out loud, but you. So he's talking to you. <laughs> he says, but you, O man of God. Or woman of God, you could say. He said, you flee these things. If you look in the verse before, he lists unrighteousness, youthful lust, these things that we are to flee. And he said, you flee these things and pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness. Pursue faith, love, patience, gentleness. So he's saying, you need to do something here. He said, you need to flee this. And you need to pursue this. You need to run away from this and you need to chase after this. So right in the beginning here, we see something that we have a part to play. We have some proactive action that comes into our walk with the Lord. And if we don't flee unrighteousness, it'll catch up to us. And if we don't pursue righteousness, we won't catch up to it. Now, don't misunderstand me. We are made righteous in Christ. And our right standing with God is not based on our performance. But a righteous lifestyle still has to be pursued. This is a New Testament verse talking to a New Testament believer. And he said, pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith, pursue love, pursue patience, pursue gentleness. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. So we have a fight. I want to just say that in the beginning, you and I both have a fight that we are to fight. And nobody else is going to fight that fight for us. Nobody else is going to fight 
our good fight of faith. And you know, there is a lot of a lot of passive Christianity, a lot of passive ideals within the church of everything is up to God. We just let God handle everything. We just let go when we let God. Uh, you know, we you know it's out of our hands. You know, we just kind of surrender. You hear that word a lot. Just surrender. Just got to surrender. And I'm not trying to <laughs> I'm not trying to step on your toes by saying that surrender is a good word and it has a proper usage. But I'll be honest with you, the, the term surrender it really speaks more to the idea of surrendering to an enemy. I mean, if two forces are fighting with each other and the other side surrendering really is something that's more often seen in, in rivalry. Well, I don't like to think that I'm in a rivalry with God. Um, really, the more appropriate way of saying that would be submitting to God. Now, that term doesn't sound as fun or nice as surrender, because surrender is like, oh, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> but submission, submitting to God... Well, that takes some that takes some effort. That takes an act of your will because submission isn't easy all the time. It's very rarely easy. But you know, James tells us to submit to God and to and to resist the devil. So I'm not against saying surrender. I'm not saying that that's not a proper usage. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling you you're wrong if you like to use that term. But I think it's important to understand what we mean when we say that and to define that. That really surrender is submission. And it's not just, oh, I'm just going to go lay on the bed and let God do everything. No, it, it's it's an action. And submission is a choice of the will. And submitting to God is right. But, you know, passive Christianity kind of gives this idea of, you know, we just, we, we have no responsibilities. We, you know, we're just peasants. You know, we're just, you know, lone wayfaring strangers. And, you know, everything's up to God and his mysterious will. Um, but, you know, uh, trusting in God is not passiveness. Uh, trusting in God, um, it means you trust him with the things that are too big for you. I'm getting ahead of myself there. But, uh, you know, like I said in the beginning, we have a fight to fight. We have a good fight of faith. Now, I'm going to address this here in the beginning. Um, and, and, you know, uh, well, I don't know how you're going to feel about it, but I'll say it anyway. There's a phrase you may be familiar with, and it, it is this, God is fighting my battles for me. <laughs> I'm about to mess up a couple of worship songs here. Uh, God is fighting my battles for me. Have you ever heard this phrase? God is fighting my battles for me. Well, um, I'm going to be honest with you. That phrase in and of itself, by itself, is not accurate. I know, I know, I know. I just messed up your worship songs. I'm sorry. Hear me out. Just give me a chance to explain myself. Don't, don't turn me off yet. Let me read you a few scriptures, and we'll talk about this a little bit more. In 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 12 through 17, it says this, it says, Our God, will you not judge them, talking about their enemies? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. 
It says, Now all Judah with their little ones and their families, they stood before the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, and he said this to them. He said, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. Why? Watch this. For the battle is not yours, but God's. What did he say? He said, The battle is not yours. The battle is God's. Let me ask you a question here. If I have a vehicle, which I do, and I have a title, which I do, and my name is on the title of that vehicle, which it is, who, whose vehicle is that? Who, who, who owns that vehicle? Who does that belong to? It belongs to me. It's my vehicle. It's got my name on it. I can drive it. I can do whatever I want with it. It's my vehicle. Well, if the battle is not mine, but God's, uh, let's do some critical thinking here. Whose battle is it? God's. So, is it accurate to say God is fighting my battles for me? No. God's fighting his battles while he allows us to fight ours. Uh-oh. <laughs> See, the reason why this podcast is called The Two Fights is because I want to talk about God's battle and our battle. There are two fights to be fought. We started this with 1 Timothy, which says, fight the good fight of faith. That's our fight. That is the fight that we fight. Down here in the last part of this this passage, he says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Why did they need to stand still right now? Because this wasn't their fight. This was not their battle. The battle belonged to God. This battle was God's. You know why? Because they said with their own mouth, this is too big for us. We can't do this. We don't know what to do. There are some battles that are too big for you. You couldn't fight it if you tried. And you're wasting your time, your breath, and your energy trying to fight it if it's too big for you. In Psalm 131, David said, I'm not proud, I'm not haughty, and I don't exercise myself in things too great for me. We have a fight to fight, but if it's too big for us, it's not our fight. That doesn't mean we don't have a fight, though. You know, there are too many people trying to fight God's battles and becoming overwhelmed rather than fighting their own battle and seeing victory while God fights his battle. You know, if it's too big for you, it's not your battle. If it's out of your weight class, it's not your battle. Now, here's something, though. I I do want to address this. In 2 Chronicles 32, it says this. He said, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or dismayed. He he, he said, uh, don't be afraid of Assyria. He said, but with, with them is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Now, some people would take that and say, well, see, there you are. It says God fights our battles. Yeah, but don't forget about that first part. To what? Help us. Now, let me ask you this. What does it mean to help somebody? To help somebody. I started the podcast by saying, you know, somebody has your back in a fight. What does that mean? It means I got your back. It means I'm watching your six. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you if you need me. But there is a difference. Well, let me say it to you like this. Say... I was to ask you to come over to my house and help me fix my TV. Say my TV was broken. And you said, sure, I'll come help you fix your TV. Sure, that sounds good. I'll do what I can. And you come over and I say, okay, well, uh, there's the TV. I'm going to go take a shower and, uh, 
go on a conference call and let me know when it's when it's fixed. You'd say, well, well, hold on a second. I thought I thought you told me I was going to help you. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're helping me. Well, no, that wouldn't be helping me. That would be doing it for me. You see, if I ask you to help me, that means we're both doing something. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Otherwise, I, I'm, I need to pay somebody to do it for me. Well, when God helps us, He's helping us. He's empowering us. And we'll get more into this in a minute, but He's given us an armor. And why would we need armor unless we had a fight? But here's the thing. It's not a natural fight. It's a fight of faith. And it's a fight that we can handle and win through His grace and with His help. So what am I saying? God empowers us to fight our battles. And He fights the battles that we can't. But we do have a fight. And God has a fight. He doesn't fight our battles for us or in our stead. He fights His battles. And He helps us to fight our battles. Do you see what I'm saying? We, we do have a fight. Now, let me, let me address another phrase. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll poke another holy cow while I'm in the neighborhood, while I'm on the farm. Uh, let go and let God. You've heard this before. You just, just got to let go and let God. Well, I'll be honest with you. Th- this phrase is right and good in one sense, and it's not right in another sense. Now, when it comes to our anxieties, our cares, our worries, our, our, our fears, the things that we can't do anything about the things that are too big for us, um, we are to cast that onto the Lord. And we are to take our hands off and let go of things that are too big for us, things that don't concern us, things that are none of our business. There are some things we do need to get our hands off of it and, and commit it to God and don't touch it. Leave it alone. Let God do it. Let it happen. And that's true. There are some things you need to let go of and let God do His thing. You know why? Because it's his battle, not yours. But there are other things that you're not to let go of. And God is not going to do it. You can't let go of your fight of faith. Because that's your fight. Do you understand what I'm saying here? So, it is right that we should let things happen that are too big for us, that are beyond us. And we should move in the unforced rhythms of grace. But we do have a part. And we do have a fight. Does that make sense? Now, 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 let me go over real quick to Psalm 127, and I want to talk about this uh, just a little bit more, and, and, and what this means about our part and God's part, and, and, and what it means to let God do His part, and what it means for us to do our part. Psalm 127, short psalm, short verses, short chapter. He said, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. I want to point this out to you. He said, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Well, let's turn that around for just a second. If the Lord is the one building the house... Do those who labor, labor in vain? No. He said if the Lord's not building the house, they labor in vain. That means if He is building the house, they don't labor in vain. What does that tell me? God has a part, and they have a part. Their part is only useless if God is not in it. If God's not doing His part. In other words, if God's not in this, we may as well throw in the town now, because it's not going to work. And He said unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. You may as well go to sleep. Well, 
What's the implication? If the Lord does guard the city, the watchman is not staying awake in vain. Now, let me ask you a question. You know, let's, let's use this city example. Let's say, you know, we have a city and, and God says, okay, I'm keeping the city. I'm watching over the city, but you all have a responsibility in this that I'm delegating to you. So you, I want you to watch the south gate and you, I want you to watch the north gate. Well, if God tells me that I'm supposed to watch the south gate, but I say, well, no, you know, God's keeping the city, so I'm going to go to sleep. Well, if he told me to watch the south gate, is he going to watch the south gate for me? No, that's my part. Now, he's going to empower me and strengthen me. He'll give me all the tools I need. If I need coffee to stay up, he'll give me coffee. If I need food to eat, if I need weapons, if I need, you know, night vision binoculars, whatever I need, he'll supply those to me. And he won't make me stay on that watch past my time. You know, watchmen had had shifts, just like we have shifts at work. They had their time to watch, their shift to watch. To be a watchman, it means you have this time. You watch from this time to this time. Well, God's not going to make you watch beyond that time. He, he's not going to burden you. He, he just said, I give my beloved sleep. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to take your watch. We have something that we have to do. We have a watch that we have to make. We have a shift <laughs> that we have to take. We have a part to play. And we can't just go to sleep and expect Jesus to do everything for us. A perfect example of this is in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus was praying and he said, watch and pray with me. And then the disciples fell asleep and Jesus came back and what did he say? Could you not, what, watch with me for one hour? We're talking one hour. So that, that this is an allotment of time that Jesus asked his disciples to watch with him. Now we're talking about God incarnate, God in the flesh. And he asked his disciples to watch. And they didn't. They failed to do that. So we have a watch. We have a part to play. We have something we're supposed to do. And we do it through his strength. We do it through his power. You know, there's such a thing as watching in prayer. This is kind of a deep subject. But, you know, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying for other people, interceding. These are things that, that you know, God doesn't expect you to just you know, do an insane amount of praying that is just takes up your whole life and you can never do normal things. No, God's not unreasonable. Um, but Jesus told his disciples, just, I just need one hour from you. Come on. Can you just give me an hour? And when you watch in prayer, you become aware. Oh, come on. I, that just came right out of my spirit. When you watch in prayer, you will become aware. You'll become aware of, of what God is doing. You'll become aware of what Satan is doing. You'll become aware of what's happening in, in the spirit realm. You'll become aware of what uh, is going to happen in the world. I, I like this phrase that I've heard said before, prayers get previews. If you watch in prayer, you'll become aware. But what am I saying? I, I'm saying that we have a part to play. We have a watch. We have a, a shift to take. Let me say it to you like this. I used to work at Chick-fil-A. I've said that before, and, and you know, I had a, a operator, a manager, a general manager of the store that owned the store, ran everything in it that was, you know, managed the store. But, you know, I was a team leader, which means I, there was times I would lead the shift. 
And any man or woman who led a shift, they were responsible for what happened on that shift. They were responsible for uh, people getting off on time. They were responsible for, you know, um, how long it took to get food out of the window and things like that. They were responsible. Why? Because we're stewards of what belongs to somebody else. Well, if I'm on my shift and I, I'm, you know, I'm running this shift at Chick-fil-A and, and I have all these people under me and I'm, you know, and I say, well, you know what? Uh, Sandy was the name of my operator. You know, she, she's keeping this store. This is her store. She's the manager of the store. So, you know, I really, I'm just going to go in the back and I'm going to play, I'm going to play, uh, you know, Mario Kart on my, on my iPhone because she's watching the store. So I don't need to watch the store. Well, you know, like it says if God doesn't watch the city, they, they watch in vain. Well, if, if Sandy quit, then I'd be there in vain. If she wasn't keeping the store, then what am I doing here? But she is keeping the store, but yet she's entrusted that shift, that watch to me. And guess who's going to get held responsible for what does or does not happen on that shift? Not Sandy. Me. Why? Because it's my shift. Now, she's given me all the tools that I need to run the shift. She's, she's trained me. She's empowered me. She's, she's uh, taught me things. She's educated me. And she's available to me if I need her. She's If I have a question I don't know how to answer, I can call her and say, hey, what's going on here? What should I do here? And she'll help me. She'll help me. I said she'll help me. But does that mean she's going to run the shift for me? No. You see, we have a part to play, and God has a part. But God expects us to do our part. He has his battle, and we have ours. Amen. Whew. I'm getting a little bit excited out here. We out here in the community. So let's move on a little bit here. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I'm going to talk about what our fight is. What is our fight? We started this podcast by saying that we are to fight the good fight of faith. And I want to get a little bit more into that. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. So who's empowering us? Who's strengthening us? God. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's watching is what that is. That's being sober and vigilant and aware of your enemy who seeks and walks around like a roaring lion, excuse me, seeking whom he may devour. That's being watchful. That's being aware. And it says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet. You notice the theme here? You take up. You stand. You do all to stand, therefore. You gird. You put on. You shod. You take up the shield of faith. You pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. You be watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. He says you pray. You be watchful. You take up. So this is our fight. Ours is a fight of faith. It's a spiritual battle, and we do it in God's strength. 
But this is not a fight that we can just sit back and let God fight for us. We have to engage. He's equipped us to fight this fight. I quoted this earlier, and I'll say it again. James 4, 7, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we have two parts here. We have to submit to God, and we have to resist the devil. That's our part. God's not going to do that for us. God can't do that for us. God can't submit to himself for us. And we have to choose to resist the devil. Why? Because so often our own free will is involved in what the devil is offering us, or pulling on us, or pressuring us about. That we have to resist him. And you have to exercise your will because God's not going to override your free will. So, we have a fight. We have a fight to fight. But it's a good fight of faith, not of flesh and blood. It's a fight of faith. 1 Peter 5, 6-10, it says, Therefore humble yourselves, there's that casting your care unto the Lord, and not trying to fight his battle, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while. Uh, You look up that word, it actually means to endure or to resist. God will perfect you, establish you, strengthen and settle you. So this is a perfect example of the two fights. Uh, Casting your care onto God is letting God fight his battle that is too big for you. But, you know, I don't have to be sober and vigilant if someone else is fighting all my battles for me. I'm the one who resists in the faith. It's a faith fight. He helps me as I resist. He just said, if you resist for a little while, I like to say it like this, you have to resist just long enough to fully exercise your free will. If you'll resist, he's going to come behind you. He's got your back and he's going to perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you. That's the help. But you have a part to play. You have to resist before the help comes. This is what Jesus did in the garden. After he had resisted in the garden, angels came and ministered to him and helped him. But we have a part. We have a fight to fight. Now, we can't do it without him. We can't do it without his grace. And it's a fight that he's empowered us and strengthened us to win. He doesn't expect us to do something that's too hard for us. The Bible says no temptation is taking you except what is common to man. And God is faithful and, and makes a way out. He makes a way of escape. And that's where his grace comes in. But we do have a fight. We do have a battle. And it's a fight of faith. We have a part. Now, let me, let me jump into this really quickly. Revelation nineteen eleven through 15. It says, Now as I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like the flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And watch this, and the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Who, who's that army he's talking about? That's us, baby. That's the church. We're the ones clothed in fine linen. We're the ones following him. 
It says, Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he would strike down the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Man, uh, this is a side of Jesus you don't hear talked about very often. This is the warrior side of Jesus. This is the side of Jesus that his enemy is afraid of. But, you know, we're not going to be chilling in heaven while Jesus fights this fight. We're going to be in the fight with him. Man, that's a, that's a crazy thought. It reminds me of that scene on Avengers Endgame. When Thanos is coming to take over the world and, you know, he gets the little, you know, radio, you know, communication from Sam. He's like, on your left. And then all the portals open up and everybody comes up. Why? Everybody's in this fight. And we're going to be in that fight. We're going to be in that battle. Now, we're not going to be the predominant force. <laughs> Jesus is leading it, and Jesus is doing it. But he, he's like, y'all can come. Y'all can come with me. It's okay. I'll let y'all watch. It's like, it's like when you, you go ride-along with cops, you know? Like, you can watch, you know? That's kind of like that. You sign the waiver, and you go on the ride-along. He's going to let us come with him. We're going to be on, in on the fight. But he's the one who's going to be doing it. He's going to want to be doing most of it, but we'll be a part of that fight. It's a good fight. And, 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 it, and it's, it's, it's a... It's a you could say it's a rigged fight. It's got a predetermined outcome. It's a sure thing. And uh, if you were going to make some bets on it, um, you know, I know that sounds, you know, irreverent. I don't mean it to, to be irreverent, but I'm, I'm just saying you could win some money because it's a sure fight. We, the outcome is set. You can't really win money. I'm, that was a joke. So let me touch on this for a minute. How do we fight this fight of faith? First of all, we build up our spirits. Uh, Jude talks about building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Secondly, we have to resist evil influence. That's what Ephesians 6 was talking about when it said, be aware of the wiles of the devil. Thirdly, we have to refuse to quit. We have to refuse to give up. We, we can't have a quitting spirit about us. We can't have a throw-in-the-towel mentality. We have to, we have to never be willing to give up and quit on God and quit on the Word, quit on what we know is right. And the last thing is we have to pray. <laughs> you need to pray. You need to be watching and praying that you enter not into temptation, that you enter not into the trial and test of the enemy. And that say enter, it doesn't mean you don't experience a temptation. It means you don't get entangled into it. You know, when you walk into a spider web, what happens? It gets on you. And it's hard to get it off. Well, when you enter into a temptation, you, you get entangled in it. It gets on you, and it can take some time to get that off of you. But if you'll watch and pray, you'll see the spider web before you walk in it, before you walk into it. You ever had a flashlight outside, and you saw a spider web right before you walked into it, and there was a big old spider on that thing? You're like, oh, I'm glad I didn't walk into that. If you'll watch, if you'll pray, you won't enter into the temptation. You won't walk into that spider web to begin with. And you know, the fight of faith is not symptomatic. It's not about the symptoms. It's not about the natural. It's not flesh and blood. If we fight our faith fight right, we don't have to struggle with flesh and blood. You know, my job is not to fight cancer. My job is to fight the fight of faith. If I'm going to pray for somebody who has cancer, if I'm going to pray for somebody who's terminally ill, my job is not to fight the cancer. 
That's not my battle. That's God's battle. I can't fight cancer. Are you kidding me? I don't have power to fight cancer. But God does. And that power lives in me. But to access that, I need faith. Because it's accessed by faith. It comes by grace, but it's, it's accessed through faith. It's made available by grace, but I need faith to tap into it. And my job isn't to fight the sickness. My job is to fight the fight of faith. It's not to fight poverty. I'm to fight the good fight of faith. I don't have to take on the burden of getting rid of sickness. That's God's battle. I'm supposed to fight the fight of faith. That's the battle that's in my weight class because I've been fully equipped by God to fight that battle. And you know, people say, well, they lost the battle with sickness. They lost the battle with cancer. No. How can you lose a battle that's not yours? No, it's not a battle of sickness. It's a battle of faith. It's a battle of will. It's a battle of of resisting evil influence. It's a battle of building up your spirit, watching and praying. That's the battle. You're not battling symptoms. You're not battling flesh and blood. You know, I'll say this. Anytime that the enemy starts to hit me with something, whether it's a discouragement or a temptation to sin or do wrong or think about something wrong, just being real, or whatever it is, or to get angry or upset, to be offended, anytime I sense that the enemy is hitting me with something, you know what the first thing is that I do? I start praying in the Spirit. You know why? Because Paul said this, I, I don't want to fight as though I'm beating the air. And you know, when I, if I'm going to resist the devil, I want, my, I want my punch to count. You know what I mean by that? I want my bullets to count. I, 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 don't, I, don't, wanna, I don't want a warning shot with the devil. I want to hit my target. And one of the ways I do that is to build myself up praying in the Holy Ghost, on my most holy faith. Because it's like I'm, I'm lifting weights and I'm, I'm, I'm building myself up so that when I hit the devil, when I resist him, he's going to flee. That's a part of submitting to God. You know, submission, it's yielding. It's yielding to the Spirit. Submitting to God is yielding to Him. So if the, if the devil's trying to get me to yield to Him, what do I need to do? I need to stop everything. And before I do anything, before I try to start binding and loosing, before I start trying to, to say this and say that and, and call the devil all these names and do all this stuff, before I do any of that, the first thing I need to do is submit to God. I need to yield myself to the Holy Spirit. And one of the best ways to do that is by praying in the Holy Ghost. I start yielding to the Holy Spirit and it puts me in a position so that when I resist the devil, he'll flee the first time. This is why Paul said, I don't fight as one who beats the air. This is precision. This is, this is skill. This is developing, this is skillfully handling the word of righteousness that Paul talked about. This is exercising your senses to discern good and evil, to recognize what's the devil and what's not, to recognize what to resist. And this is why Jude tells us to pray in the Spirit and build ourselves up. You know, like Paul, I don't want to beat the air. I, I, I want my punch to count. <laughs> I want it to land. And you know, I'm going to say this. Jesus didn't wrestle with sickness. Jesus didn't wrestle with demons. No, he didn't wrestle with the, with the storm. He didn't wrestle with hurricanes. He didn't struggle with those. No, uh, he rebuked the storm and it calmed down. 
He rebuked the fever and it obeyed. He cast out the demon and the demon had to obey. Why? Because Jesus walked in authority and he walked in faith. There was a time when the disciples said we couldn't cast out this demon and he said it's because of your unbelief. He didn't say it was because you didn't fight hard enough. He didn't say it was because you, you, just, you just didn't resist enough. You just didn't. You should have just fought that demon. No, he said it's your unbelief that caused you to fail at casting out that demon. We're not supposed to fight demons. We're supposed to take authority over demons. We're supposed to subdue demons. We're supposed to, to show them who is in charge. We're told to cast them out. That's like a bouncer at a club throwing somebody out. It's not a struggle. It's an authoritative action. And when we fight the fight of faith right, we're in a position to do that. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You know, resisting sin is a part of the faith fight. And God can't and won't resist sin for us, but he will empower us to resist it. First of all, like I said earlier, sin involves your will. Secondly, sin endangers your faith. And that makes it a part of the faith fight. Condemnation will kill your confidence. It will put you out of the ring. Sin and condemnation will gut you in the middle of your faith fight. And so that's a part of our fight. Now, now we need God's help to get rid of sin. Don't misunderstand me. We need to abide in the vine. Without him, we can do nothing. But resisting sin is still falls under our umbrella of fighting. Now, we can't fight it in our own strength. We need his help. And we need His grace, but watch this. God has given us all the tools we need to resist sin and to resist the enemy. Listen, Jesus resisted temptation with the Word of God. What is the Word of God? It's the sword of the Spirit. It's a part of our armor, baby. And you know, you don't need to improve on the Word of God. That The Word is a sure weapon, and it doesn't need an update. It'll work every time. That sword will work every time you use it. It is still sharp. Like, like that sword or Lord of the Rings that Aragorn used, it's still sharp and it'll still cut up the enemy if you'll use it. It'll still cut, cut up whatever's coming against you. God has empowered us to resist, but it is a part of our fight. And you know, I'll say this too, I'm talking about praying and watching in prayer and things of that nature. You know, prayer is not supposed to be a struggle. Uh, if you pray in faith, your prayers will be effective. Sometimes people get off in thinking that they're wrestling with demons through prayer. No, that's not it. Um, we're, we're responding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We're petitioning God. God can put a burden of prayer on you, and you're yielding to Him through prayer. But you're not wrestling with demons. You understand? You can yield to God through prayer and be doing war in the Spirit, but you're yielding to Him. You're yielding to His Spirit. You're not fighting demons in the Spirit. No, you're yielding to him and you're praying out what he's given you to pray. I know that's some deep stuff. I haven't fully gotten into all that in this podcast, but maybe I will sometime. Uh, but I'm just touching on it now. But, you know, the only relationship prayer has with demons is the authoritative rebuking and binding part. And that's what Jesus did. But prayer in and of itself is fellowshipping with God and it's yielding to God. It's yielding our tongues to God. It's yielding our, our hearts to God. It's yielding our time to God. It's yielding to him. Prayer has so much more to do with interacting with God, not with interacting with demons. But we do address demons sometimes, but it's to speak whatever words he gives us and to say, okay, we're taking authority over this, we're binding this, and it's supposed to carry weight when we do it. And we're supposed to pray as the Holy Spirit leads us to pray. 
And prayer opens up a way for God to move. Prayer is our part, but moving is God's. Do you, does that make sense? So, so if prayer opens up a way for God to move, you say, well, God can do whatever he wants. This is a whole other podcast. But no, Jesus called Satan the God of this world. And God is not going to just ramrod and do whatever he wants on this earth. No, we're here. We're the salt of the earth, and we're here to petition him. This is why Jesus said, pray ye, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why else would he have said that if you didn't need to pray that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven? That's a whole other podcast. But praying is our part. Moving is God's part. Prayer opens up a way for God to move, but moving is not our part. And we don't move God with prayer. We open up a, a door for him to move. He already wants to move. That, that's, that Prayer's not moving God. Fasting is not moving God. But it may be opening up a, 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 a part of your life for him to come in and, and show you some things and do some things in your life. And, you know, you hear people say, well, we, you know, we really prayed through. We really prayed through that. Well, if you prayed it, what God wanted you to pray then yeah, sure. But you didn't defeat demons with your prayers. Jesus never did that. Prayer puts you in a position to subdue darkness. So so you're not struggling with demons. Do you understand what I'm saying? Prayer is not struggling with demons. It's yielding to the Holy Spirit, and it's opening a way for God. And then when God gives us things to say, we do take authority over those those things, those principalities, but we do it through him and we do it in him. Does that make sense? We're not struggling with demons. This is not a Dragon Ball Z three-episode fight with a demon. Okay. I hope I hope that makes sense. I know I'm getting passionate here. I know I'm getting a little, a little fired up here. But what I'm saying is prayer is a part of the faith fight. And it's a faith fight, not a demon fight. We're never told to fight demons. We're told to bind and rebuke and cast out demons. And you know, when we fight right and let God fight his, we never have to lose the battle. Uh, you know, this is true too. I've talked about this before, but with storms. You know, I, I believe we can take authority over storms that they don't do damage to our property or our family and things of that nature. But you know, you can't fight a storm in the natural. You can't fight a tornado. But you can use faith against it. If you'll be in faith, you can take authority over it. Oh, I've heard some stories about people who used who used their authority in in the in the Lord to take authority over a storm from damaging that. Now they couldn't take authority over everybody else's house and everybody else's thing, but it didn't touch their house. It didn't come near them. But but it's a faith thing. You can't fight a tornado. It's a faith fight, and it has natural effects. But we're not fighting in the in the flesh. It's a spiritual faith fight, is what it is. God's fight is to fight the things we cannot fight. God's part is to fight the things that are too big for us. But our part is to fight the good fight of faith. So don't focus on trying to fight the symptom. Don't try to just fight uh, the outward thing. Focus on building yourself up. Build yourself up in the Holy Spirit by praying in the Holy Spirit. Resist the evil influences that the enemy brings. Get in the Word of God so you can learn to discern between good and evil, to recognize when Satan is trying to bring evil influence into your life. And don't give up on having a fighting spirit. Don't lose your will to live, your will to fight, your will to obey God. You've got to keep, you've got to keep that alive. I'm not saying it's all on you and your own strength, but you've got to yield to the Holy Spirit about it. That's your choice. It's a part of your will. It's your will. God's not going to override your will. And having a will to live is a choice. And when you do it, God will help you. He'll give you hope. He'll, he'll strengthen you. He'll fill you with all joy and peace in believing by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
but it's still your will, and you have to make the decision. And we need to watch and we need to pray so that we will be aware. If you'll watch in prayer, you'll stay aware. So anyway, I'm talking about the two fights, God's fight and our fight. And I'm talking about what it means to let God fight his fight and to use the tools that he's given us as believers to be strong in his strength and to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. This has been the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I hope you enjoyed this today. I hope it built you up and I will talk to you the next time you click play. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you. He loves everyone else. And please don't forget to feed the ducks. Ah.